Nate Ryan joining us here on the Freak Nation, NBC Sports, and uh, covering your NASCAR for NBC Sports. And Nate, looking at what uh, really where we are at this point on a Sunday night, and uh, we have a truck race that's been moved to tomorrow, and a cup race that's been moved to tomorrow. We have looks like a city. We're going to need more than a freaking arc to get people out of this damn thing. And and you said this before we went live. We wanted a little bit of chaos, but I don't think we wanted chaos such as this, right? No, no, Kenny. I mean, the chaos that I was kind of hoping for was the first truck race at Eldora when you had, like, the Norm Benning finger uh, bird <laughs> moment. Like, yeah. that, that's the type of chaos that I was kind of hoping we would see this weekend at Bristol Motor Speedway. I thought with the heat races Saturday, you know, we'd see tempers flaring. We'd see some things that, um, you know, we would love about the first NASCAR dirt race in 51 years. And then we'd see, hopefully, some wild stuff in the main event on Sunday as well. And unfortunately, um, now it feels like we're on the precipice of, something potentially really awful. <laughs> I hope that's not the case. I mean, I still encourage everybody to tune in Monday because I think you still could see something completely wild. But, you know, as you say, hopefully not too wild. And certainly the last 24 hours have, have made us, I think, all a little bit leery. NASCAR insider from NBC Sports, Nate Ryan, joining us here in the Freak Nation. A great follow on Twitter for your NASCAR insight. We're talking Bristol and the madness that is Bristol at this point. Uh, this is going to make that issue, was it uh, Daytona or Talladega, where a piece of the track actually came up at one time? This is going to make that look like just a little pimple on the backside of somebody's butt if this <laughs> thing fall, if this no, if this thing falls through with this dirt race tomorrow. Yeah, I, yeah, that was uh, the 2010 Daytona 500. I remember it well. Mm. Um, the pothole that stopped the biggest race in NASCAR <laughs> for over two hours. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of fans just left that day and mm. missed a great finish. Jamie Murray won that race. I remember it ended under the lights because of that huge delay. Um, and, you know, at this point, with this race, um, I would take that. I would take, like, that kind of moment, yeah. even if it was delayed for two hours. If you still had a great finish like that, that would be great. I think everybody is fearful of what we saw in the brief time that vehicles were on track this past weekend at Bristol on Saturday when you had the trucks out there when when the mud was out there and and that those are the track conditions you want you you don't want it as dusty as it was friday you want a little bit of moisture in the track when you had mud filling the grills and covering the windshields after only two laps of a truck heat race um you know i just hope that for tomorrow they, they get to a place where the, the conditions are good enough to give us good racing but not to the point of like where there are you know 35 engine failures because the the front grills are filled with mud that wouldn't be good yeah, and that's the difficult line that NASCAR is walking right now. In theory and on paper and all those cliches that we can say, it sounded awesome to add dirt to yeah. Bristol, an already crazy racetrack and you know, for any driver that's driven it. But in essence, after seeing the weather this weekend, should dirt racing just stay on permanent dirt tracks? It's, that's exactly it, Crash. And you know, I saw that you had retweeted what Leah Pruitt uh, Tony Stewart's fiance had, had put out there about Eldora, and I, I think that there's probably going to be a lot of I told you so's if this race doesn't go well tomorrow, because this was a great fear. If you talk to people in the dirt racing community, I think there was a lot of trepidation about, hey, this is great that NASCAR wants to do this, and you know it's great that they want to try to do it at Bristol Motor Speedway, where the spring race crowds haven't been up to par lately, and you know Fox is behind this. There's a lot of pause momentum for this, but I think there were some questions about, like, is this the right venue to do it? Even though Bristol had had dirt events before, you know, 20 years ago, they had the World of Outlaws weekend. Mm -hmm. Dirt is not completely foreign to this racetrack, but trying to do it with, with cup cars, 
uh, and the trucks is, is a big ask. And um, I, I think you're right. They are definitely walking a tightrope going into this race tomorrow. But then again, there was something that you pulled up from three years ago from Christopher Bell joining yeah. NBC Sports that is fascinating to me in this context now in that, okay, those were the K&N cars on dirt. Yes, it was a permanent dirt track, but that was an epic failure. And he even recommended three years ago taking off the windshields. Kenny Wallace has helped to bring this whole windshield debate to the front page, and it's hysterical. Where do you stand with what they maybe should or shouldn't do in the future? Nothing can be done, obviously, about Bristol, but in the future, cup and windshields. Yeah, I should preface this by saying I don't want to come off as any dirt racing expert. I mean, the amount of <laughs> Stuff I know about dirt could fit in a thimble, like especially compared to, to Kenny Wallace. I mean, that guy knows way more about me than dirt racing. I love dirt racing. I like watching it, but I, I haven't been around it nearly as much as people like him or Christopher Bell. And, you know, to your point, like that's, I remember that, that sort of triggered in my head. I remember doing that podcast, the NASCAR NBC podcast with Christopher Bell three years ago when I saw the windshields cake with mud. And I remember him saying, and this was the opposite thing. When they did this K&N race at Vegas, it was because there was too much dust. And, hmm. Bell said that if they ever look, you know, he's a, he was a big proponent of, hey, they can run that cup and Xfinity on dirt, but if they do it, they should really look at taking the windshields out after we had this huge dust storm at the Canyon race in Vegas. And now we kind of see the opposite end of that spectrum at Bristol with that, that truck heat race on Saturday. Uh, I think it's just an example of, you know, they didn't do testing uh, at this track. And now in, in hindsight, I don't know if that was a great idea. Like, I just I think you really got to listen to the people who know the most about dirt racing. Again, I wouldn't claim to know much about it, but certainly like Christopher Bell's, the Kenny Wallace's of the world, like those are the types of people who really know what they're talking about. And I'm sure they're listening to them now. And hopefully there's enough time between now and tomorrow uh, afternoon, evening for, for everything to, to go right and to hopefully uh, still save this. Because I think I think everybody wants this to work mm-hmm. long term. I think I think there is a place for dirt racing in Cup and in a NASCAR National Series but it's really got to be done right. Nate Ryan, NBC Sports. There's rumors on both sides of the aisle that Tony Stewart is a little miffed that they couldn't find room at Eldora for a dirt race. They went to Bristol. Tony, of course, owns Eldora, but the problem is that there's not a lot of stands at Eldora to accommodate the people who might come to a cup race or facilities around the track for those people to stay over the weekend. What do you hear? No, there's, you know, you'd be limiting the crowd certainly to around the fifteen to 20,000 number, and um, it, it would also probably be a big ask. Although, talking to Roger Slack, the general manager of that track, he says that they do have the footprint where they could get all the haulers and uh, all the trucks. I mean, it's not just the 40 team haulers. You, you've really got to have room to park, uh, you know, 100 trucks. Uh, but, you know, they felt like they could do it, and, you know, they proved that they could do it with the truck series. Um, and you know, I, I, animosity, um, it's probably fair to say that, uh, there was no love loss, uh, on the way that went down, especially when you consider that NASCAR did intend to take the trucks back to Eldora and Eldora said, no, no, thanks. If you're not going to run your cup race here. And mm-hmm. uh, I covered the second truck race at Eldora in, in 2014. And I remember asking Tony Stewart, do you want to have a, a cup or an Xfinity race here? And he said, yes, bring both. So I think they do feel a little bit missed at Eldora that they weren't first in line um, for this cup race weekend. Um, and, uh, you know, Tony Stewart's, uh, aside from his fiance speaking out today, <laughs> Stewart is, you know, smoke's laid pretty low during this whole thing. And I'd expect him to lay low, but it'll be very interesting to hear what his reaction is to, to all of this once it comes off and, um, you know, what he thinks of all of it. 
NBC Sports NASCAR insider Nate Ryan, where does the blame lie? Is there someone inside of NASCAR who continues to say that they needed people outside the sport to come in and groom the track to prepare a dirt track for the cup racing? What do you hear? I'd be hesitant to cast any aspersions or blame at this point without like it, the event coming off. I, I, I would want to give them a chance to like make this work, even though, again, like very limited sample size of 15 minutes of a truck rate heat race on Saturday. It didn't look great. Um, but I, I mean, and if you listen to NASCAR and the officials at Speedway Motorsports and Bristol Motor Speedway, I mean, clearly a ton of time and effort and money was invested into trying to do this right. They went and got this guy from California that Dr. Dirt guy who consulted on the three types of soil that they used at Bristol and the type of dirt they were using. I mean, clearly a lot of work and effort went into this, um, which is good. But I, you know, I think again, if it doesn't come off well, then the questions naturally are going to be asked. Uh, you know, to your point, you know, did you talk to the right people? Did you ask the right people? Or knowing that you had a truck race at Eldora Speedway why didn't you just have your cup race there? And especially when you knew that they wanted to have it. Um, and you know, how much was a Roger Slack or a Tony Stewart consulted as a part of this event going off? And my answer there would probably be not much, again, considering the way that things were left between Eldora and NASCAR after the 2021 schedule came out. So I do think that um, depending on how things go Monday, and again, I hope things go well, but if they don't, then you're right. I think uh, a, a lot of questions probably will be raised. Just sometimes, well, okay, a lot of times we question, or at least we have in the past up until this new regime, we've questioned the arrogance of NASCAR in so many different corners of motorsports, and this just goes back to those days of the arrogance of NASCAR, as far as I can see, of really believing they've got a handle on this thing. At the Chili Bowl, Tony Stewart's on the tractor running the dirt because he knows what the dirt should be. And I understand that you can't build a track prepared for this type of rain but still as you said in the issues with uh with the truck qualifying and the truck heat races it it just it seems like the lack of preparation so to speak is the biggest issue well again like i know just about enough about dirt racing to be dangerous but one thing i know for sure and that i hear from everybody in the dirt racing community is that track preparation is essential i mean Mm -hmm. it's the whole ball game it's the it's the reason that when it rains you know, as much as it did just this past 24 hours in Bristol. But really, like when it rains an inch, uh, at some of these dirt tracks, when you, you always see the releases from the outlaws come out like mid-afternoon, like hours ahead of the green flag, because they know then, and these are the experts, that, hey, we can't get the track ready because we know it's going to take five, six, seven hours, and if it's raining at like 2 or 3 or 4 p.m., we know it's, it's done for 8 o'clock. So, um, yeah, I mean, you certainly can't go into it thinking – um, uh, that, you know, we, because we've been track promoters for decades in asphalt racing, that we've got it all figured out in the dirt game. And again, like I would hope, I don't think that was the attitude going in. I mean, if you know, Bristol and NASCAR came out and said, Hey, we've, we've talked to all these people. We've done all this research. We've done all this due diligence. Uh, I mean, it certainly seems like the effort was there, but, um, again, in retrospect, like, do I kind of wish that there'd been more of us in the media sort of asking like, how come there wasn't a test session here? You know, how come you guys didn't talk about windshields when Christopher Bell was talking about this three years ago? There probably was an opportunity here for questions to be raised. But all that being said, I mean, think about everything that's transpired in racing and in the real world over the last year. Um, I can understand how it would get a little bit lost and maybe not be on everybody's radar. NASCAR insider Nate Ryan joining us, Speed Freaks, on a Sunday night. And that's exactly right. NASCAR, I, in my opinion... 
went leaps and bounds forward in the right direction last year. With everything going on with COVID-19, they still made things happen on TV. They still got their schedule off. They tackled racism head on, which the old regime would not have done that. So, yeah, with NASCAR having such momentum these days, it's a shame to see this happen. But again, I think you brought up a really good point. We still have to wait and see. Yes, we're all anxious right now. We have to wait and see what actually happens tomorrow because that's going to be the end all be all. Fingers crossed. And, you know, like you just said, Crash, I mean, certainly good intentions here, which Mm -hmm. has been NASCAR's path really for the past year. There have been a lot of good intentions that do a lot of good things. And let's hope this well-intentioned dirt race also produces uh, the same outcomes that they got for a lot of the 2020 season. Nate Ryan, Crash hinted at this. A lot of changes in NASCAR. We've been calling for that here in the Freak Nation for a long time, and they're making those changes. More drivers are winning. We've got more road races. We've got this dirt race this weekend. Do you see more changes coming? Is there more call inside the NASCAR offices for more changes in the future? I think they have to. Uh, I, I think they're, they're on this direction now uh, where they really are trying to seize the bull by the horns in terms of building audience and trying to change not really the brand of NASCAR, but um, I think maybe the image a little bit. Um, I think they've got a lot riding on on what they're trying to do, and especially, you know, I a little bit hesitant to talk about it because I I work in the industry, but, um, you know, they're a couple years away from the next TV deal, and you look at all the major professional sports right right now that are in TV rights negotiations, you know, whether it be the NFL the NHL, um, there's, there's a lot of discussion and talk about that and about, you know, that's, that, that's what drives everybody, obviously. I mean, I hate to say it, but, you know, money makes the world go round. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, uh, you know, the byproduct of that is, is still you want to do things for the right reasons as well while, while you're trying to, like, promote the economic well-being of, of your sport. And I think NASCAR has made a lot of good steps on that in the last year, especially when you look at this year's schedule and, you know, five road courses. And as you mentioned, like the next gen car seems to be like the next step in promoting this parody and, uh, this, this, you know, wave of, of youth. And, and I, I think that they're in a good spot in a lot of ways, but I, I think they also have to look at like the work isn't done because I think there's still going to be a lot of critical decisions made here over the next year or two. So, you know, when you hear all this talk about street races and, hopefully talk about more short tracks, you know, out toward where you guys are, like talking about turning Fontana into a short track. Hmm. Um, all of those things are things I think they're going to have to keep on the front burner and keep pushing forward on. Yeah, street racing. Before we let you go, street racing is where I wanted to go with you as well because that was another topic, a Chicago street race of all places coming out this week and be- testing it on an iRacing platform and then taking it to reality. That is has excitement written all over it. But again, hopefully they learn from this weekend and other things, doing more due diligence in order to make it a big-ass affair. Yeah, I mean, and that's going to be a huge, huge <laughs> monumental <laughs> undertaking. Like, I mean, never mind just, like, hold, you know, the logistics of holding a street race in the middle of a major metropolitan city with, <laughs> you know, 9 million people or whatever, like Chicago. But all of the, the red tape and bureaucracy and... I mean, I God knows how many politicians' hands you got to create to make that happen. Especially and, Chicago, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, everybody knows the stories of the Chicago political machine. I mean, and Grant, like, you know, if they sell Chicagoland Speedway, I, I don't see any way in which they'd have two races in that market anymore. Yeah, and if, yeah. if they really are serious about a Chicagoland, you know, street race 
and that means that track goes away. I mean, I'm sure they'll, they'll sell that for a pretty penny, and then maybe they reroute that money into making that street race happen. And um, I think it's great they're talking about it. I, I think it's a long way from saying that it's anywhere close to being uh, reality, but uh, that's the type of vision that I think NASCAR has definitely got to embrace going forward. At Nate Ryan on Twitter, great follow for your NASCAR Insight, NBC Sports, joining us here. Nate, it's always fantastic, buddy. Let's uh, fingers crossed for tomorrow night, man. Indeed, indeed. Always a pleasure uh, to be here. Thanks for having me, guys.